Welcome to Dauber Prospects Radio, episode number 49. Dauber Prospects Radio Show is the best fantasy hockey podcast show you're going to find. I'm your host, Peter Harling. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at pharling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G, or you can follow the at DPR underscore show Twitter handle for the show. Coming up today on episode 49, I'm going to talk a little bit about some European prospects that are free agents that you're going to want to target in your fantasy hockey pool coming up this summer. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, top prospects games. It's that time of year, all-star games, the CHL top prospect game, which is their equivalent of an all-star game, just happened. We've got the AHL all-star game happening as I record. And last night was their uh, skills competition. I'm going to touch on that a little bit too. Uh, So first thing I wanted to hit right off the bat was there was a breaking trade in the NHL today. It involves some prospects and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I thought I would touch on that real quick. So the Leafs went out and acquired Jake Muzzin from the Los Angeles Kings. The Leafs GM Kyle Dubas would be pretty familiar with Muzzin from their days together in the Sioux back in the OHL. So the Leafs get themselves a top four defenseman who has Stanley Cup rings on his credit. Um, He's a top four, at least, pairing defenseman on the Leafs. I think he'll play with Morgan Riley in their top pair, despite the fact that they're both left-shot defensemen. What that allows them to do is make their second pairing, Jake Gardner and uh, Zaitsev, a left and right pairing. And then their bottom six on the left side go with Hainsey. And on the right side, you can go with right shot, Ozzy Ganov or Travis Dermott, who's also a left shot. But those guys should compete for that sixth and final spot. So two years of cap-friendly contract for Jake Muzzin remaining uh, that the Leafs have to pick up. His contract balance for this season is only like a 1.4 and change or something like that cap hit. So lots of wiggle room still for the Leafs if they want to go out and make another move. Uh, I like this trade for Toronto because they don't have to give up anything off of their roster and they add themselves uh, a piece that I think that everyone would agree they were really needing. Uh, Helps slot their defensemen out more accordingly as I just laid out. Um, And as I said, it doesn't cost them anything off their roster, but what Los Angeles does get, uh, and they didn't really want anything to help them with their roster right now because I think they're uh, trying to lose for Hughes, but they do get themselves... The Toronto Maple Leafs 2019 first round draft pick, which the Leafs will hope will be 31st overall, but that remains to be seen. Regardless, it should be in the second half of the first round of the draft anyways. Um, and then Los Angeles picks themselves up two good, not great, uh, but relevant prospects. Uh, Carl Grundstrom is a player that uh, I've spoke about on this podcast several times. Uh, I like him. I've seen him play live a couple times with the Marlies now. And what Los Angeles Kings are getting is a big, strong power forward with a scoring touch. He skates pretty well for a big guy, takes up a lot of space in front of the net. I think he could be like a Thomas Holmstrom type player. The other player that they acquire is Sean Dursey, a player that the Toronto Maple Leafs drafted as an overager just last summer. Um, Dursey's still back in the OHL. So it'll be interesting to see if if this is a win-win trade. And I think... At first glance, it looks like it is. The Leafs get Muzzin. He's got another year after this one remaining on his contract at a cap-friendly hit. Um, If the Leafs win a Stanley Cup, I think they'll be just ecstatic about it. If Los Angeles wins Jack Hughes, I think they'll be ecstatic about it. Plus, they'll get themselves uh, another dart later on in the draft in the first round, too. So, all in all, it's a good trade. Uh, In terms of fantasy impact, I think if you own Jake Muzzin, this is a fantastic trade for you. Despite playing on one of the worst teams in the NHL, he was still uh, a plus player. And uh, he's had a couple 40-point seasons. I think on Toronto, that shouldn't decrease. If anything, it'll go up. Riley and Gardner have been 50-point played uh, defensemen uh, recently in their careers. Uh, This does hurt Travis Dermott as it could knock him into the press box on a regular basis. Uh, Jake Gardner gets slotted in his second pairing role, so that could eat up some of his power play time, which would take away some of his uh, point totals. Great opportunity for both Grundstrom and Dursey, as uh, I think they go to a team that has a lot of opportunity and will be looking for younger players going forward. So uh, good good trade for Los Angeles. All right. Uh, speaking of trades, another thing that I want to talk about uh, was uh, Dauber Prospect's... Um, 
senior associate editor Hayden Sobolewski has gone out and made himself a, a website that I think is pretty awesome. It reminds me a lot of when you make trades on uh, EA Sports Hockey, NHL Hockey. Uh, the website is called mcdavidforpicks.com. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So you just go on there, you pick your two teams, you pick your players, you submit the trade, and it either accepts it or declines it. Um, like I said, a lot like the EA Sports uh, trade calculator, but I think this one is a little bit more, little bit more accurate. Uh, you can trade prospects and, and picks as well. I went ahead and put this Leafs uh, Los Angeles Kings trade in, and it was accepted. It was approved by Los Angeles ecstatically. Um, so again, that is mcdavid for for picks.com and uh you can really use it to help you out with uh your as a trade calculator if someone makes you an offer in your fantasy league and you're like hmm this seems like a pretty fair deal let's check it out punched in that and you know you'll find out pretty quickly if uh if the trade calculator thinks it's it's acceptable or not and if not which team says no Something else that came up today, I noticed I was uh, just scrolling through Twitter and Elite Prospects uh, did something that Dauber Prospects has, has been doing for a long time since since I've been managing editor of it and they still do it with Cam taking charge, is uh, tweeting out who the most viewed player profiles were last week. And one of the players that was uh, in the top 10 from Elite Prospects this week was uh, a 15-year-old Japanese sensation called Itu. Iguchi, and I'm more than likely pronouncing that name wrong. Anyhow, this kid is a bit of a YouTube sensation. If you haven't seen him or heard of him, I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, he's just got the daftest little stick handling moves. He's uh, he's very undersized. He's five foot two, uh, 112 pounds. So again, he's only 15 years old, so he's got an opportunity to fill out a little bit and hopefully sprout a little bit. Um, and he's currently playing in Vancouver. Uh, I tried to do as much research on him as I could because I was really intrigued. It was really, really difficult to find any sort of stats on him. Uh, all Elite Prospects had to offer was that he participated in the Bell Capital Cup, which is a pretty uh, pretty relevant uh, tournament for kids in that age group, around the 15 years old. He played five games, had 15 points. That's three points a game for those of you sucking at math. That's eight goals and seven assists. Um, he was also uh, invited to participate in the USHL Combine. And there's a YouTube video of that that has a whole bunch of highlights of his. And he's, uh, he's quick, but not blazing fast. But uh, he's got a, just an incredible uh, puck handling and stick handling ability. He excellent accuracy on his shot and his release is lightning quick. Uh, he makes great, great passes as well. Really hard, crisp passes, tape to tape. Good timing, so he's got great vision. Uh, he's projected to play in the USHL next season, I believe. Um, if he wants to play in the CHL, I believe his route to that league would be as an import draft pick, as he's of Japanese descent, and I believe his parents are still living in Japan. He's just playing hockey here in Canada. Uh, so he wouldn't even be eligible for the CHL import draft until the year 2020, and he's eligible for the NHL entry draft in 2021. So a little bit of wait time on this kid, but he's certainly a name that you might want to just kind of bookmark and, and tuck that away somewhere for, for future reference. All right. Uh, something else I want to talk about was uh, a great article uh, Yoki Nevalainen for Dauber Prospects has been doing this every month. It's consolidated draft rankings. And uh, this month comes out uh, at a really interesting time. I think now is about one time. Everyone's attention to prospects starts to ramp up a little bit. The season's about halfway over. We're past the All-Star Games. We've had the World Juniors to look at some prospects. We've had top prospects games to look at prospects now. And I think the, the sorting is really starting to take focus on where these players rank. Uh, so his prospect ranking contains uh, it's a consolidated rankings from guys like Bob McKenzie, Craig Button, uh, Steve Cornianus, future considerations, and of course our own uh, Cam Robinson. So I highly recommend you checking that out. It's a really uh, it's a really deep list. It goes way past the thirty first pick, it goes down a little bit, and um, 
Another draft rankings that I think everyone who listens to this show will be really interested in is one that I do once or twice every year. It is the fantasy ranking of the NHL draft. So this consolidated ranking is fantastic. Of course, it takes a look at a whole bunch of uh, quality prospect rankers lists, consolidates them together. You can find other rankings, uh, future uh, elite prospects. Sorry, does uh, does a link to uh, several like McKean's and HockeyProspect.com. Those are excellent lists as well. But as far as I know, the only place you can go and find a fantasy ranking for the NHL draft is a Dauber prospect. So if you're listening to this podcast, that is something that would be interesting to you, uh, especially if you're in a rebuild mode and you've got some early or several picks in your first round or second round, whenever. Uh, it's great to have an idea of what the difference between NHL value players and fantasy value players because you can have guys go in the early rounds like logan stanley it just doesn't translate to fantasy hockey very well and then you've got other guys who go later in the rounds like second round and stuff and they have tremendous fantasy upside guys like alex to uh, so i'll be working on that spoiler alert the top three are already the same so far as the consolidated rankings that would be hughes kako and Pod Colson coming in at one, two, three on the fantasy ranking, um, but on the the lists that I've got so far, uh, it starts to get a little bit different after that. I'll be looking at getting contributions on this list from uh, myself, of course, uh, Cam Robinson, of course, uh, Yoki Nevalainen, uh, Steve Ellis, recent uh, contributor to the podcast as well, um, and Will Scouch, who also contributed to Dauber Prospects. Uh, you can also look for uh, entries from Ainsley Scott, who is a regular on this podcast as well and co-hosted with me for a little bit. I'm looking forward to his contributions. Um, yeah, so and some other people not to give it all away. So that's coming up soon on Dauber Prospects, so look for that when it comes out. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, another site that is excellent resource for fantasy hockey. Uh, that is Frozen Pool. So if you go on any of the Dauber sites, there's a banner across the top that has links to all of the different sites, to Dauber Hockey, Dauber Prospects, and the Frozen Pool. If you're not familiar with this, you should really, really, really check it out. It's a fantastic resource. You can get hot and cold streak players on there, line combinations, uh, stats and advanced stats, player uh, news and trends, and uh, you can compare a player on it. So if you have a trade offer coming in, you're like, hmm, do I really want to do... Uh, Jeff Carter for Ryan Johansson. You can punch that in and it'll tell you who wins each category uh, and it covers an extensive amount of categories. Uh, Obviously points and whatnot, but also contract, age, term and contract, all that kind of stuff. Uh, So it's awesome. I'd also like to give a little shout out to my friends at Elite Prospects. If you're not using Elite Prospects on a regular basis to do research on players, you really ought to be. Uh, It's a great way of looking up players, seeing what their stats are. It's very reliable. I use every episode to do research on this show. You can go to different league scores. You can sort by age. You can sort by their uh, draft status, if they're drafted or not. Uh, You can sort those lists by point per games or whatever stat it is that you're looking for that's relevant to your fantasy league. Um, Their additional content lately is awesome as well. Uh, the rinkside articles, I've mentioned that before on a recent podcast. They got a number of, of very talented writers uh, who are providing some excellent content. So go ahead and check out Frozen Pool. Go ahead and check out Elite Prospects. Go ahead and check out mcdavidforpicks.com and go ahead and check out the consolidated rankings on Dauber Prospects and keep an eye out for the fantasy rankings which will be coming soon on Dauber Prospects as well. All right. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about in the first segment here is uh, another article produced by uh, Yoki Nevalainen. He recently did a great post um, which talks about European free agents. Uh, last episode, I talked about NCAA college free agents. I used a list that my dad provided for me. I did a little more research and added to it. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Uh, great segment anyways. You're in a pool, and NCAA free agents are a commodity for you in the offseason. Uh, it's certainly something you want to go back and look at, or sorry, listen to. Uh, make a list, take some notes, learn who these players are, and keep an eye on when their seasons end, where they end up signing. So Yoki's article that came out this week is the European free agents. So every season, 
there's a number of players who garner attention from NHL clubs who are playing in Europe. Uh, so just a little bit of disclosure before you get in, I get into the list or if you read the article, uh, the list talks about players whose NHL rights are currently unowned. They may have been at one point, but they're currently not. Doesn't include prospects whose rights are currently owned, um, like uh, Alexander Koklachev or um, Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, those guys have NHL rights that are owned. Another thing it doesn't talk about and that's not worth talking about is uh, players in the KHL who are under contract and their contract extends through next season. There is no transfer agreement between the KHL and the NHL. So players who are under contract in the KHL cannot jump to the NHL at the end of the season if they have more term on their contract. However, all the other leagues do have a transfer agreement. So if they're playing in the Liga or in the SHL, and they have a contract for two more years, and an NHL team comes along and says, hey, we'll give you a whole bucket full of money, and you can come over and play in the NHL, that player is free to go. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to start with, uh, near the end of the article, Yoki uh, summarizes who his three top prospects were f- from his list as to players he thinks have the most fantasy relevancy, and I'm inclined to wholeheartedly agree with him. So the first player that comes up is 24-year-old uh, Russian right-winger Ilya Mikheyev. He's six foot two, one ninety four. He's uh, he's a pretty good player. He's he's a goal scorer and a playmaker, so he's a bit of a double threat that way. Uh, he's got good size, decent skating ability. Uh, as I mentioned, he's playing in the KHL right now. He's got uh, fifty six games so far, forty one points with twenty one goals and nineteen assists. So that's a nice even balance. Um, I don't think he's got Artemi Panarin kind of upside. Uh, those players are very rare. However, I do think he, if he wanted to come over to North America at only 24 years old, uh, there's still still opportunity for this guy to be a fantasy-relevant player in, in deeper leagues. The next one he talked about is uh, Oliver Kasky. O-L-I-W-E-R is his first name. I'm assuming that's Oliver. Oliver. He's a 23-year-old defenseman regardless. He's a right-shot D, 6'3", 185. He is actually already listed in Fantrax, despite the fact that his NHL rights are unowned. So you can put this player on your watch list on Fantrax if you want to. He uh, has played in North America before. He's got a season and change in the NCAA under his belt. A total of 32 games. Wasn't a very prolific scorer there, of course, but nevertheless. Uh, He played two seasons, uh, the last two seasons, I should say, in the Liga with uh, HIFK. Um, Sorry, that's in the SHL, not Liga. Uh, Anyways, he managed uh, 6 and 16 points in those two seasons, respectively. This year, he has transferred teams. He's now with the Pelicans, and in 44 games this season, he has 33 points, 12 goals, 21 assists. So he's had a bit of a point explosion uh, this season with a new team. Now, if he can make that uh, stick over in North America, that could be worthwhile. He is only 23 years old, so not too long in the tooth yet. Um, And he leads the league in points uh, and goals for a defenseman. The last player to do that and come over was uh, Lawrence Pilot. Pilot. Uh, He's struggling to make an NHL roster. He's been dominant in the NHL, called up to the NHL recently, and he's in the press box right now. Again, see previous episodes for plenty of lip service on him. Uh, the next player on Yoki's list was Otto Laskinen. He's a 21-year-old left-shot defenseman. He's a little bit smaller, and he's 5'11", 187. He uh, played for uh, Finland, I suppose, in, yeah, whatever Finnish team it was that went to the Spengro Cup, and he uh, they won it. Uh, first team to win it, and he had one point in four games in that tournament. So this is a little bit of an undersized offensive defenseman, and as we've seen in the NHL lately, that's not a problem, being undersized. So long as you can skate uh, and have good positional defense ability, and when you get the puck, you can more than just off the glass and you can transition it to offense. So it sounds like that's what this kid's forte is. Again, he's only 21 years old, so Otto Leskinen is uh, is on the young side, so he's still uh, legitimately considered a prospect, I would say. And he was even invited to Montreal Canadiens development camp last summer. So there's already been some NHL interest on this player's profile. Go ahead and check him out. Some other players that were uh, on the list that I'll just kind of go over them real quickly because obviously I haven't had the chance to see these guys play. 
Kirill Semyonov. He's a Russian 24-year-old forward. Vladimir Tachkov, who you may remember this player, uh, had a really great rookie camp with the Edmonton Oilers uh, out of the queue. Uh, I believe the year that they drafted Neil Yakupov. And there's all kinds of buzz about Yakupov, of course, being the first overall pick. And there's all kinds of buzz about this kid, too. And they're like, wow, Edmonton's got these two Russian kids in their uh, development camp. and They're just tearing it up. So Edmonton went ahead and, and signed him to a contract, which uh, shortly thereafter was deemed invalid. And I forget the technical reasons why. But anyhow, uh, it was deemed an illegitimate contract. Uh, he went back, I think because he was draft eligible, because he went back into the draft the following season, was undrafted, and has since gone back to Russia. Moving on, uh, Jakob Lilja, uh, forward, 25 years old. Uh, uh, Jacob Josephson is another player who made his list that is familiar, as he was a New Jersey Devils first-round pick in 2009. Uh, he played uh, quite a while. He's 27 years old. He played quite a while in North America. He already has 315 NHL games under his belt and 64 points in 315 games. So I had a shot in the NHL, played in the AHL for a while, uh, deemed not NHL relevant when he was younger. Uh, personally, I'm not really guessing that there's much opportunity on that player, but uh, you never know. If an NHL team signs him, could be worth a stab. Uh, Jesse Vertanen is a 27-year-old defenseman, uh, and Adam Reedborn, 27-year-old goalie. These guys are all playing in the SHL. Uh, Reedborn actually was the SHL goalie of the year last year and is trending to do that again this season. So that's goalies or voodoo. Your guess is excuse mine when it comes to goalies, but a guy that can win the goalie of the year in any league uh, it raises my eyebrow and is a player who, if you can acquire for nothing, is absolutely worth a shot. Vili Leskinen, 24-year-old winger playing in Finland and Malte Stromwall. 24-year-old forward in Finland as well. Uh, those are two more players that made his list. And uh, Ola Pavlev, 26-year-old center. So don't worry, I'll, I'll write all these players' names in the show notes if you want to write them down and put them on a list because it's really hard to guess European player spelling, especially when I'm pronouncing the name wrong. So uh, look for that in the show notes if you're interested in doing a little fantasy hockey research for your summer free agent list. All right, I'm going to take a little break. When I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about CHL Top Prospects game and the AHL All-Star Game Skills Competition. So hang on for that. For another segment, going to talk a little bit of prospects with you about the CHL Top Prospects game for starters. The last two years, I was lucky enough to be able to drive to the Top Prospects game in Quebec and Guelph. Unfortunately, this year it was in Alberta. It's a bit of a long drive from eastern Ontario, so unfortunately I couldn't make it. So I had to resort to watching the game on TV a couple times, taking some notes, and uh, looking around online as well, doing a little bit of research and stealing some other people's thoughts, quite frankly. Uh, so anyhow, the CHL Top Prospect game is... It took a little heat this year. Some people were basically calling it an all-star game. And the criticism fans have with all-star games is it's not very competitive. The compete level is really low. And typically speaking, top prospect games don't have that problem because there is a tremendous amount on the line for the players in the game. They're playing for draft status. And of course, we all know the higher your draft status, the more likely you are to get extended looks at the NHL. It, of course, doesn't guarantee anything. But if you're a player an NHL team invests an early first round or second round pick on and you go to a training camp and you stink out the joint, they'll send you back to junior. You'll get several more opportunities to prove them right that you were worth that draft pick investment and then you know if you're drafted in the sixth or seventh round and you stink out the joint they don't really care so anyhow the players have a lot on the line i was a little disappointed because i agreed it kind of lacked any sort of intensity there were no fights there were not very many hits there were some defensive plays that looked like it was an all-star game uh, however, that all being said, 
there were it's an excellent opportunity to watch a game that's full of it's only draft eligible prospects um and most of these kids did not disappoint so i thought i'd just go over and talk about a number of the players who stood out to me in this game and right off the bat nick robertson made an impression very very early um arthur Kelly have scored a goal and nick robertson did all the work carried the puck in along the wall nicely uh, and then he jammed on the brakes and did a nifty little behind the back no look pass through the slot right onto the tape of Arthur Kaliev, who just buried it. Um, so Nick Robertson is the younger brother of Dallas Stars prospect Jason Robertson, and they're actually quite different style players. Jason Robertson is has got good size, and Nick Robertson is five nine one sixty eight. Jason Robertson sometimes looks like he's skating with uh, ski boots on instead of skates. And Nick Robertson is actually a very fluid skater. He's very quick. And uh, Jason Robertson is more of a a shoot-first kind of player. And Nick Robertson is is more of a playmaker. So it's a very interesting dynamic how they're they're very different style players. Uh, But I'm really high on on both these kids. Uh, I really like the Robertson brothers. Nick Robertson plays for the Peterborough Peets in the OHL. So I've had a chance to see him play a number of times. His strengths are his skating and his playmaking and his vision. Uh, I really like the way he sees the game. Uh, it's like he sees it moving in slow motion, so he can always process things faster than what they're happening on the ice. He is a little small, like I said, 5'9", 168, but who cares? Uh, in 33 games this season, he's got 34 points, 17 and 17. So I really like that balanced stat line. Uh, so look for Nick Robertson to be a player who I think might take a few years to make it to the NHL so his fantasy value takes a little bit of a hit that way I highly doubt he's going to be a first round pick in the draft but he's a player I think his fantasy value will be higher than his NHL value so player you might want to move up in your draft list Uh, the next player on my list and this list is not really in any particular order by the way but Graham Clark of the Ottawa 67s I thought he had a really good showing um he's got some decent size at six foot but only 174 look for him to fill that out a little bit he had a goal and assist in the game uh he's got plus plus hands and a just really great shot and release his release is lightning quick it's very accurate and he's really deceptive with how he gets his shot off he is definitely a shoot first player he's got 16 goals and seven assists for 23 points in 35 35 games for the 67s this year uh, the next player on my list spoke briefly about him already, Arthur Kaliev. This is a really interesting profile. Uh, I've watched him play a number of times, so I understand the polarization with this player. Some people love him. They think he's underrated. They think he's great. They watch him play in a game like the Top Prospects game, and he's just hammering home goals. He had two goals and an assist in the game. He's six foot two. He's 190. Uh, he's sixth in the OHL in scoring with 35 games. He's got three sorry, 48 games, he's got 35 goals and 36 assists for 71 points. This is his second season in the O. He was playing with Hamilton, so he made it to a championship last season. He's got lots of experience in his first season already. Uh, So what's not to like, right? Well, here's the thing. I've seen him play live a couple of times, and he's just been invisible. He's not made a difference he's not been an impact player in some of the games i've seen him play some people knock also his skating ability um i haven't uh, come to a full conclusion on that i've seen some instances where i thought it was good and i've seen some instances where i thought it was bad so my sample size on his skating isn't conclusive uh but i do see some concern with his compete level and his consistency however he's 17 years old that's okay um Despite the name Arthur Kaliev, he sounds very Russian, but he's actually American-born. I believe he comes from New York. Um, so don't worry about the Russian factor with this guy. Uh, I'm really interested. And again, comparing reality versus fantasy, this is a player who, okay, so if his deficiencies in his game are his compete level and maybe his skating, those are not negatives statistically to your fantasy hockey rankings like there isn't you don't lose points in your pool for a guy not trying very hard just ask alexi kovalev um however it might mean that he gets limited ice time or has a difficult time getting out of the coach's uh doghouse or press box but if the guy can score i mean scoring is at a premium in the nhl and it's at a premium in fantasy hockey as well so he's a player i've got uh 
a keen eye on. Next on my list would be uh, Peyton Krebs, WHL player playing for Kootenai. This guy's got uh, great puck skills. He's uh, the opposite of Kaliev in that one of the strengths of his game is his compete level. And this guy's name might as well be Charlie Hustle. Uh, he's got an excellent shot and release. 48 games this season, 35 goals, 36... Whoops, wrong stat line. 46 games, uh, 16 goals, 38 assists for 54 points. Very, very good. 5'11", 181 is the measurement on this guy. So, you know, he's not a giant, but that doesn't matter. He just goes, goes, goes. He's got a motor that won't quit. He had a goal and assist in the top prospect game as well. Hard not to notice Peyton Krebs. Really hard not to like what you saw. He's the kind of player that... If you're a fan of an NHL team and he gets drafted there, he's just going to work hard and the fans are going to love him. He's going to get cheered for, you know, killing penalties and just hustling. And he's the kind of player you really want to have on your fantasy team because even if he's not scoring, he's still fun to watch. Next on the list would be Connor McMichael, London Knights forward. This guy might be one of the more underrated players in the draft, in my opinion. He has an excellent shot and an excellent release, and he is lightning fast. He is super quick, and last time I looked, that translates really well to the NHL. He had uh, one goal in the game. I believe it was the game-winning goal. Uh, he's six foot 170, so not big, not small. Uh, his stats this season with London are 45 games, 55 points, 29 goals, 26 assists. So again, a nice balance there. Not a puck hog, playmaking abilities and everything like that. Uh, okay, uh, next guy on the list. Uh, and you saw him play for Canada at the World Juniors, Brett Leeson from Prince Albert. This is a 19-year-old player playing against 17-year-old top prospects. So take this all with a grain of salt. Uh, He had one goal and one assist in the game, and he had several scoring chances. So it's easy to see why his WHL stats are impressive as they are. He's got 43 games, 31 goals, 42 assists, 73 points. He's just lighting it up. He's right at the top of the league in scoring. Uh, He's got good size. He's 6'5", 198. Uh, Skating is, is excellent. There's just really a lot to like about this player, and I talked about him before on the podcast, comparing him to this year's Drake Batherson. Uh, so the fact that he dominated at times in this game isn't surprising because he's a very good player, and he's two years older than the players in the game. Um, he's playing in the WHL, so there's a range of players there, anywhere from you know 16 to, to 20, 21, uh, and he's 19 years old, um, so he's right in the middle. And he's going to get drafted this year. And I talked about this on the last episode too. The reason why I move him up, way up, on my fantasy ranking draft lists would be he's already two years older than everyone else in the draft, for the most part. And he's got less time to play in junior. So he'll be playing pro hockey uh, after one more season uh, He if he's not in the NHL next year, which I don't think he will be. Um, so yeah, he's got one more year to go uh, in OHL or the WHL, I believe, sorry. And, uh, then after that, he's turning pro man. He's like right in it. So this is a player who can be on your fantasy roster faster than later. And you don't have to park him in your prospect bench for five seasons to see if he's going to make it. You'll know a lot sooner than that. If he's worth investing more time into last guy on my list for players that stood out, uh, was Philip Tomasino. He's a player who I think is uh, rising fast on some people's lists. I was really, really impressed with how he contributed in this game. He plays in the UHL, so I've seen him play before, and I've really loved what I've seen there as well. Uh, he didn't score any points in the game, um, but man, this kid's got good hustle. Um, consistency is a strength in his game as well. He forechecks relentlessly. Uh, I saw him killing penalties, and he's creating offensive chances. You know, they, they, his Niagara's the team he plays for. They, they dump it out down the ice behind the net. The goalie would stop it for the defenseman to pick it up. And he goes in and forechecks. And he doesn't just do, you know, the flyby and I'll wave my stick at you kind of thing. He goes for it. And he makes the player hustle and make passes. And sometimes it really forces them to make passes that they don't really want to make. That wouldn't maybe be their first choice. But because he's pressing the issue, it's the play they have to make. And then he follows that up with another intense forecheck. He uses his speed to close the gap on players, and uh, he creates turnovers. Um, he does the same thing in the offensive zone, and you know he's got good size as well. He's six foot one eighty one, 
and 46 games, 24 goals, 25 assists. So again, a really nice balance. So 49 points, just over a point a game player. I think this is a player who coaches will love and they'll be happy to throw all kinds of ice time at him uh, in any league that he plays in. And I think he's got NHL upside. So he's a player I think should be on the rise in both your fantasy ranking lists and on a lot of draft lists too. So Philip Tomasino, nine Grace Ducks, keep an eye out for that. Okay, so that's it for the CHL Top Prospect game. Unfortunately, I didn't have an opportunity to see the CJHL Top Prospect game. Um, but I would like to talk about uh, the Combine, actually, before I move on. The Combine from the Top Prospect game. Uh, didn't get to see that either because I wasn't there and they don't televise it. But I found the the results, and there's a couple players that really stood out as... And I really only look at the on-ice testing. I don't really care which one can jump the highest or has the strongest hand grip or whatever. But I do care about which players are the fastest and which players are the fastest with the puck uh, and those kind of categories. So three players who scored in the top three in multiple categories that were really impressive. Uh, First one, Dylan Cousins. And this is a player who could go as high as third overall come the draft in Vancouver. He finished uh, second overall in the 30-meter forward skate. He finished second in reaction. He finished first in reaction with the puck. He finished second with weave agility and third in weave agility with the puck and second in transition agility with the puck. Uh, So he scored high across the board pretty much. That bodes well and explains why he's a top-ranked pick. He's got good size too. Uh, Vladislav... Koyachnuk. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Obviously. He plays for Flint in the OHL. You'd think I'd know. Uh, he scored pretty well across the board, too. Uh, he was third overall in the 30-meter forward with puck. First in reaction. Second in transition agility. And first in transition agility with puck. And then the third player that I'm going to talk about from the combine is uh, Brett Leeson again. So good old Brett, the 19-year-old. He scored pretty well. He finished first and 30-meter forward and second and 30-meter forward with the puck. Kids got speed. He finished first in weave agility and second in uh, weave agility with puck as well. So again, that bodes pretty well for Brett Leeson and his draft status. All right, speaking of skills competitions, the AHL held their skills competition last night. As I said, the all-star game for AHL is going on right now. Um, and I'm not interested in talking about the NHL All-Star Gamer Skills Competition because I don't really think it's relevant to fantasy hockey in the slightest. However, in the AHL Skills Competition, a couple of players that uh, did some things that I think are interesting. Anthony Greco, a Florida Panthers prospect. He's a right winger. He had the fastest skater record, and his time was 13 seconds, uh, 0.251. That set a record, and it also beat Connor McDavid's record uh, in the NHL All-Star Skills Competition a day or two before. Uh, Anthony Greco is, uh, as I said, a Florida Panthers prospect, so he's playing for Springfield in the AHL. He's got 0% Fantrax ownership. He's not really high on the Florida Panthers' death chart, but he is, however, having a heck of a season with Springfield. In 45 games, he's got 33 points. Um, He also won the puck control relay so the kid's got super duper speed and uh he can dangle while skating with the puck too so that bodes really well sounds like my boy andreas happened to see you actually Uh, also didn't get any love on the detroit red wings prospect rankings as he was coming up through the system uh i I saw this kid play live in the ohl and i thought man this kid's got super duper speed and he can handle the puck with speed and then i saw him scoring all kinds of like just jaw-dropping shootout goals on youtube and i couldn't for the life of me figure out why he was ranked so low on the Detroit prospect death charts, not projected to be an impact player in the NHL. And here we are. You all know who he is. Uh, the next player from the skills competition uh, that I wanted to mention was Capo Kakinen, goalie for Minnesota Wild, or the Iowa Wild, as it would be. So he won the save competition with 16 saves off 18 shots. He is 12% fan tracks owned, has not played for Minnesota this season, but in his AHL games, his record is 12-8-4 with 
five shutouts. That's outstanding. A 251 goals against average and a 914 save percentage. Uh, so those are pretty impressive stats. And he did really well in the All-Star Skills competition. Be interesting to see if he gets a call-up to Minnesota before the season's over. The last two players that I want to talk about shared a win in the shooting accuracy category. That would be Reed Boucher of the Vancouver Canucks, or Utica, and Francis Perron, who plays for San Jose, was part of the Eric Carlson trade. Um, going with Carlson to the San Jose organization, uh, he's having a super-duper season, actually. He was a player that was ranked pretty highly on the Senators' prospects depth chart for a while. Struggled in his first year or two. Uh, just a year, I think, in the AHL. Kind of dropped down their depth chart quite a bit. And uh, seems to be a reclamation project working out really well for San Jose. Uh, I read Boucher is a player who Canucks fans just love. They just keep hoping that this guy's going to make the lineup. He keeps getting call-ups and uh, just hasn't been able to transition his success in the AHL, his speed and scoring ability, uh, at the NHL level. So hopefully Reed can figure it out and not just be a career AHL player, especially if you want him in your fantasy league. All right, so that's it for this segment. Stay tuned. we got another one coming up. We'll be right back at you. Welcome back to the final segment, Dauber Prospects Radio. Now I'm being joined by Ainsley Scott. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast, Ainsley. Uh, it hasn't been the same without you for the last couple episodes, man. So it's uh, it's going to be great to have you back on for a little yeah. bit here. It's nice to be back. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. So I'd also like to thank Ainsley for uh, contributing to an article that I'm working on right now that should be that could be out by the time you listen to this podcast. Uh, I every year I do the fantasy ranking, the NHL draft for the Dauber Prospects site. It's a fantastic article. It gets a lot of page views and clicks because, as far as I know, it's the only place that does a ranking for the draft targeted specifically towards people in fantasy hockey leagues. Uh, so we do all kinds of rankings on the site, the consensus rankings, and those are all wonderful and, and great. But uh, if you're in a fantasy league, it, there can be some some misleading rankings there. Guys like Logan Stanley might be a little bit higher than they should be, and guys like Alex DeBrinkett might be a little bit lower than they should be. So with all that in mind, uh, Ainsley has agreed to come on uh, for the show here and, and have a quick little chit-chat about uh, some of the players that we ranked uh, well, he's ranked and just talk about fantasy ranking NHL entry draft players. So a couple of, uh, writers have already submitted their lists and not too surprisingly, uh, the over a hundred percent consensus for the top two was always Hughes and Kako. Uh, and no surprises there, eh, Ainsley? No, not really. I mean, uh, those two, I think, are going to be battling each other down the stretch, and it's going to get closer, but there really is nobody else in their class. I know there's a lot of people who believe that they uh, are in a first tier and a second tier themselves. I'm not so much that way, but it doesn't surprise me that uh, at this point, anyway, no one else has jumped into that grouping either. So you're thinking that Kako's a lot closer than some people are thinking? Uh, he is for me. I, I really like Kako a lot. I think he brings uh, a lot to the table, and and Hughes does obviously as well too. But I don't think it's as cut and dried based on what the uh, potential ceiling that you might see on other players is. Uh, on either player, the 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 one uh, issue I think with uh, Hughes is just that um, again he's surrounded by really really good players uh, that he's playing with in the, in the national team. So um, Kako has shown the ability to elevate other people, not that Hughes hasn't, but uh, I'm just not certain that when uh, NHL clubs sit down and try and figure out who's going to be the most productive NHLer, that 100% of them are going to fall on Hughes. Okay. And how about throwing the fantasy slant on it? So the gap is what the gap is. Do you think that that gap gets wider or narrower when you throw the fantasy slant on it? Uh, I think it gets wider. I think 
Hughes, uh, especially when we start to look at his ability to um, set up teammates and just generate a massive amount of assists, uh, I think he's going to be that type of player that you can really guarantee uh, is going to be a highly productive point producer in a fantasy pool. Uh, and that Kako may not have that level of contribution. However, he may... Uh, tilt towards those leagues that uh, put more emphasis on goals than on than Hughes does, uh, and he may be a uh, more imp- I wouldn't say more important, but he may be a more impactful player um, for certain teams when they look at winning on the actual ice. Interesting. All right, so moving off the pot, the top two, uh, the. It gets really interesting after that. Uh, the majority of, of the writers who have submitted so far have uh, Vasily Podkolzin ranked third. Uh, and I've got someone else who's got Kozins at third. And uh, you've got someone else. You've got uh, Turcott coming in at three. Uh, how come you have him ranked as high as you do? I just think he's a very dynamic uh, center that really contributes all over the ice. And, and I think he's going to be a very good goal scorer. I think he's going to generate a ton of assists as well too uh he is just the i think he is a sneaky uh number one center in this draft when you start looking at him behind hughes uh but again you know on that uh national development team program this year there's so much good quality that you have to take a little bit of uh a cautious approach when evaluating them because they're they're all so much better than the competition as a team. But Turcott is going to be one of those players that I just see being a focus of offense uh, for the team that's drafting him. Right on. Uh, a couple of players have this player ranked pretty highly as well. Uh, I'm rather high on this guy too, and that's Dylan Cozens. Uh, you've got him a little bit further down on your list than the average. Uh, he's not super Barry. You've got him ranked at seventh. Uh, what do you, what do you like about his game? And what does it that maybe has him, is it not so much that he's ranked low as a fault or it's just the players you have above him you think have a higher fantasy ceiling? Yeah, that's the perfect way of saying it. It's, uh, there's just so many good players at the top end of this draft that, you know, there's a pick em at a certain point where who do you like more? What do you think that they bring to the table? Cozens is an extremely intriguing player just because, uh, of his size and power game and his ability to shoot the puck. Uh, he is a very complete player. Uh, I think he sees the ice with exceptional talent. And so he's going to be a guy that, that is also going to be, um, very high. Uh, highly productive offensive player in the NHL. I have very little doubt about that, but he's not the number one uh, forward out of the WHL for my liking. Now, part of that is because Dylan Cozens, although he's put up a a lot of points uh, in uh, approximately 50 games he's played, he plays on a better team in Lethbridge than the player that I like, and that is Peyton Krebs, who plays on a very poor team in in Kootenay, uh, Kootenay slash Winnipeg, as that's turning out to be the case. But he is, uh, Peyton Krebs for me is that kind of player that sees the ice so well and is so creative that part of the reason w- that he's not putting up as many points as you might think is because he's just so much better than the players around him. And his level of anticipation is to put the play and make the play where he thinks it's supposed to be and not where the players actually are. Uh, and so I think uh, in that sense, there's a, there's a really high end offensive skill in Peyton Krebs that is not going to show up on the point totals that he's put up so far this year. And that's because he's in a, he's playing at a, a higher level in, than the lower league that he's in. Cause we've seen that before with a couple of prospects where their point totals in junior are good but then when they get to a higher level, their point totals, they increase. And I've, I've heard a player interviewed about that, and he said it's easier to play at a higher level because everyone on your on your team, you know, with the risk of insulting his former teammates, but he's saying everyone on your team uh, is just so much more in tune with where they ought to be positionally, and it's, it's easier to anticipate where they're where they're going to be. 
Yeah, that's exactly it when it comes to Peyton Krebs. Uh, it, sometimes it will look like he's putting passes into uh, dangerous places or they're blind to look passes and they don't materialize so they look like uh, sloppy plays that he's just dishing the puck off. But that's just because the players around him aren't quite getting there. I, I compare him to a player like Matthew Barzell in that sense where uh, he's just so creative that uh, it's very difficult for players who are not on his level to play with him uh, and vice versa. Cool. Okay, so let's skim down your list a little bit. Um, let's talk about uh, the top player you have ranked from the OHL, I think, is Suzuki, right? That's uh, correct. Com- coming in at 15, you've got uh, a-, a grouping of OHL players right there. You've got McMichael and Kaliev right below him. Uh, personally, I want to rank uh, Kaliev ahead of Suzuki. I just think his offensive upside is is tremendous because he's such a gifted goal scorer. He can shoot the puck like at an NHL level already. Uh, I appreciate that there are holes in his game and that he's got some inconsistency issues, but um, I don't know of any fantasy leagues that have a detrimental stat category for lack of of effort or lack of consistency. Um, Alexei Kovalev did just just great in fantasy hockey for a long time. Um, what was your mentality behind the Suzuki McMichael Kali of 1-2-3? Uh, I just number one with Suzuki with me is I'm always impressed by his motor. Uh, the guy is just doesn't quit. I think it runs in the bloodlines. Uh, they uh, both he and his brother are exceptionally talented players that uh, see the ice so well and um, are really able to contribute all over the ice and uh, quick on the pucks. Very creative. Uh, Kaliev, by his own token as well, is a guy who I think is just um, uh, really a pure goal scorer. And uh, so it is very hard to rank somebody uh, that you like that much below another player. Uh, and but that is the difficult difficulty that you have with the draft. Uh, Kaliev is, is a guy who I think is probably going to contribute more in that sense on the goal scoring side than on the, on the, um, on the playmaking side of it, where I, if you are in a league where you equal goals and assists uh, equally, it's a lot easier for a player like Ryan Suzuki to be more consistently productive um, on the, points total. So in that sense, I just see Ryan Suzuki as a much safer bet, uh, but that's not really a, a quality assessment of whether or not they're both good players. It's just that the risk assessment, I would take the guy who factors towards being a playmaker over a uh, goal scorer uh, when you're trying to uh, decide which one is more likely to produce offense at the NHL level. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Uh, another thing that just jumped out at me on your list is I'm just quickly glossing over it. I noticed you've got uh, Bowen Byram ranked up nice and high at number six, and that's pretty on par with most people have him. And then I, I, what made me look for that was I noticed Philip Broberg was down at 23. Um, do you have any other defensemen in between there? That's a pretty big gap. You have- uh, yeah, I, I have two defensemen in there. One, I have uh, Moritz Seider, the German defenseman at number 12, uh, mm-hmm. who I think is going to be one of those guys that's a little bit under the radar for a lot of people. He's going might be a slow developer, but he also is just a very impactful player uh, at, at both the offensive level and the physical side of the game. And I, and I see him as a rock-solid bet to be given – uh, every ability to become a, a top four defenseman in, in uh, NHL clubs, farm systems. The other one is number 14. And this was a hard one for me because uh, when I'm starting to rank defensemen and, and honestly don't think it's a very strong year for defensemen. I don't think I'm alone in that, but number 14, I've got Cam York uh, and Cam York is just a guy who I really like uh, his style of play. And I think he's perfectly suited for the modern NHL and where the game is going. Uh, he's a little bit on the undersized uh, metric by how, most people are looking for defensemen uh, or had been in years past. He's uh, just a shade under six feet tall, but he sees the ice so well and his anticipation is so good. Uh, he's able to distribute the puck. Uh, he jumps up into the play. He's got a great breakout pass. Um, he stick handles with the best of them and very, very creative um, offensive player. So when you start looking at, w- at what NHL clubs want out of defensemen these days, it's really hard to pass up somebody who can control a power play as well as Cam York does. And, and that's a player I just, I'm, I'm very intrigued by. Uh, there's, if there's one fault with Cam York, it's that he doesn't have a uh, top end uh, elite two-step quickness. But I also think that's something that a player his age can still uh, continue to work on. 
this is a guy I think that just when you're looking for offensive defensemen, we're all looking for offensive defensemen on our fantasy teams. Cam York's a pretty good bet to become one of those guys in the NHL. It's certainly not as strong as a, a draft as last year was for defensemen. Um, I think that's my opinion anyways. Um, okay, moving on back down the list. You've got a player on here who didn't make everyone's list, and I'm I'm really glad to see he's on there because I'm pretty high on him. I get to see more of the OHL players, and this isn't a strong season for the OHL in the draft, but uh, I thought he looked really great in the top prospects game as well, which I mentioned in the other segment. Uh, he's just got a lot of hustle, even though he didn't produce any points in the top prospect game. Every time I've seen Tomasino play, I've really loved what I've seen, and I'm kind of becoming a big fan of this kid. Uh, he made your list, barely, but at 29, he made the list. Uh, what do you like about Tomasino? Uh, the motor, the work ethic, uh, the creativity in the offensive zone. I think that he's a player that's not afraid to make a play um, or be able to uh, – to to control the puck and be the focus of it. He's one of those guys that wants the puck on his stick. He wants to be able to make a play. Uh, he's I think he's as good a shooter as he is passer, which is one of those uh, really nice qualities. He's really well rounded. I think he you know he could do more uh, on the defensive side of the game, and there's there's parts of that he can round out. But I think that he's just he's so hard onto the puck. Fifty uh, fifty uh, pucks. He competes for it. He goes to open areas. He's good along the boards. Uh, I just, I see that as a guy that a coach can look down the bench to at any point in the game and say, you know, we need a goal. Tomasino, you've got to be out there, whether it's five on four, five on five, six on five with the shorter man and you're trying to get the tying goal. Tomasino is just a guy that I think has that, um, that work ethic that is going to translate and that makes him a really good bet, uh, to make it to the top league. Yeah, I agree. I like him a lot, too. Uh, another player I wanted to ask you about, and this is a player who's not on your list, but he's coming from the dub, so I'm sure you're very familiar with him. He made a couple people's lists, but not everyone, so I'm kind of curious about that, is Brett Leeson. Now, I don't think he's going to end up being a first-round pick in the NHL draft. I think he could be an early to mid-second-round pick, perhaps. Uh, I've seen him play a few times this year, especially with Canada at the World Juniors, and I like what I see. Saw him play at the top prospects game and as a 19-year-old playing against 17-year-olds, and so, of course, he looked pretty strong in that game. Uh, but like I said earlier in this segment, that um, he's, a, he's an older player. So if you draft him on your fantasy team, you have a shorter wait time to see what he can do at the pro level as a prospect. Uh, is this a player that you think might be worth picking a little bit higher in fantasy than wherever he ends up going in the NHL draft? Yeah, there, there's definitely that consideration. Uh, Leeson was one of the guys that was on my short list, uh, probably in the next 10 or 15 that didn't quite make it into my fantasy top 31. Uh, Leeson's a guy I've seen quite a few times and, uh, just saw him about a week and a half ago as well, live. He, look, he's a big, huge guy. He's very strong. He's got a, he's got a very, uh, a good anticipation these days. He's really changed his game significantly from two years ago when he was in his original draft year. And and here's the thing about Leeson. He's a late bloomer, and we've seen that with guys go in the late first round or early second recently. And and Tanner Pearson is the is the obvious guy that I that comes to mind of a guy who is able to be um drafted in in the late first round uh despite being passed over and then translate his game to the NHL relatively quickly. The real question for me is when you're taking a guy like that are you looking at the ceiling or are you looking at the floor? If you're looking at a floor and saying, okay, you know what, I might be able to get contribution out of this guy more quickly and I think that he's got a more pro physical game, then yes, you can start to slot him in as being a multi-category producer. The question is whether his high end is there to keep up with some of the other guys that are around him in that group. And so when I start looking at guys that are the bottom end of my first round, uh, take a Samuel Poulin, for example, a very similar type of player, but two years younger, I see that there's a potential that he might be able to jump up a little bit faster um, or a little bit higher in his overall package, even though it may take him a longer runway to be able to get there. So for sure, that's something to consider, but especially in multi-cat leagues. Um, Brett Leeson, I, again, he's a guy that I think you might want to take a look at in the second round. But for me, he's not a first uh, round lock uh, to to be a, a 
let's say, a, a near surefire bet to make it to the top league. Awesome. One last player I want to ask you about is a player we were just texting before we started. And you said you're a big fan of uh, Matt Boldy. Uh, why do you like about his game so much? Oh, because he's a wizard. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, his hands uh, are up at the top of this class. Like there's cer- there's certain guys that who who have exceptionally good hands uh, at this class. Hughes and Kako are up there, of course. Uh, Matt Boldy's really only a step behind them. Now he's not the biggest guy in the world, but his ability to weave through traffic and be able to dance opponents and dangle and hold onto the puck before being able to make a play, rather than just being uh, able to make the 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 safe, smart play on the first um, the, the first movement is really just something that stands out to me. He he is, doesn't have the greatest shot in the world, but you know if you like players like Mitch Marner, you might like players like Matt Boldy. And so, in my opinion, you, you might really just want to take a guy with a really high end amount of skill. Now, saying that, it's really difficult to put somebody you know, up in that group because you start dropping down the guys like Pug Coles and like you mentioned, Trevor Zagres, uh, who also I'm a big fan of as well, uh, and Dylan Cousins, Cousins, which you mentioned. So it's really, it's difficult because there's a lot of, there's a really strong group there of uh, forwards in that top 10 or 12. Uh, but Matt Boldy for me is just one of those guys who has that skill set uh, that is going to be elite uh, at a certain level Um regardless of who it is that he's playing against. So when you have the opportunity to get an elite stick handler and puck mover who skates as well as he does, and he's very agile on his feet, uh, I think you have to really start looking at the potential that you could get a breakout score. Awesome. Good stuff, Ainsley. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. All right. So if, anytime. Uh, anytime. You know Anytime. That. Anytime. Er- Every time. You guys can follow Ainsley on Twitter at Hockey Minister, and uh, you can also catch him on Sportsnet 650. He's a producer of that. uh, Which show is it you do, man? Sportsnet tonight, uh, 7 to 11 p.m. uh, on non-game nights on Sportsnet 650 at specific time. Right on. Thanks very much for coming on, Ainsley, and uh, we'll see you at the draft. You will, uh, and hopefully we talk soon. Yeah, man. And that is a wrap on episode 49 of the DPR show. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks to Ainsley for, again, for coming on, filling in the guest segment with me. I really appreciate that. Look forward to that article when it comes out really soon. And uh, that's all I got for this episode. So thanks for your time. You can thank me for mine. And your outro music today is Charles Bradley. Check out this tune. It's killer. Cheers.
So long. 